Before we get into today's episode, if you're listening to this podcast and you don't know by now, we're here to tell you that hockey has returned to ESPN. The NHL season has started back up, and that means you can stream your team's games on ESPN+. Plus, From the Stanley Cup champion Tampa Bay Lightning to the brand new Seattle Kraken. Subscribe to ESPN Plus so you don't miss a goal. In the Crease is presented by ADT. Brilliantly safe. In the Crease, the ESPN NHL podcast with Linda Cohn and Emily Kaplan. Hey, welcome. It is in the crease. Glad you're with us. Emily Kaplan, Linda Cohn with you. Uh, sadly, COVID takes center stage more and more players testing positive, coaching staff members. And, you know, Emily, uh, you saw this firsthand when you were in Minnesota. Yeah. Well, first, I have to give a disclaimer. I'm a little nasally today, a little under the weather because I got my booster yesterday. And Linda, to be transparent, I probably was going to get the booster. I was just kind of putting it off. And then what happened in Minnesota on Tuesday, Wednesday morning, I'm searching, like, where can I get this shot ASAP? Um, it was wild and surreal. Um, I was there to cover the Minnesota Wild and Hurricanes game. Um, I was telling all of the games are my babies. I'm so excited for every game that I get to of do. Of course, of course. This one, yeah, this one I just, like, had a little extra um for. Like, I just felt like it was two really good teams, great players. And then, of course, Sebastian Ajo gets left in Vancouver. And you're like, okay, it's not going to be as good of a game. We get there for morning skates. You think the Hurricanes are going to play. And I'm literally sitting there talking to Rod Brindamore in our pregame chat. And a staffer comes up with a cell phone and waves it in his face. And it's oh. clearly COVID news. And you just see Rod Brindamore's face drop. And I honestly like wanted to give him a hug because he was so frustrated. And all of this is so frustrating for people in hockey because it's so uncertainty. And if you're a coach, how can you prepare when you don't know what guys are available? All of these salary cap issues, they can't even make call-ups. And that screen that Rod Brindamore was shown said that Jordan Stahl had tested positive. Three more guys tested positive too. It postponed the game. We're in it right now. The NHL has now enhanced the protocols for players. That means we're like it is last season. Guys can go from the hotel to home to the rink. They're asked not to do anything in the community. They're wearing masks at all times. They have to get tested daily, except on their off days. Uh, all the meetings are virtual. And when this news came, all of these guys are just like, so wary of it and frustrated by it because it reminds them of last year in the isolation where mental health was, even if guys aren't willing to admit it, it's going to take a toll on their mental health, either in the short term and long term. And we're getting back into it right now. Yeah, it's absolutely awful. I can't take it. I can't even imagine being a player in this situation. It's, and it's getting worse. This Omicron thing is, ob is obviously what I've read is just more contagious. But thank goodness, uh, because these players, obviously everyone uh, except uh, uh, Bertuzzi is vaccinated. So the symptoms are they, most of them seem to feel fine. They just test positive. But Calgary, more issues for them, Emily, as you know. And you've been all over this story and how it is changing each day. You just talked about how the NHL has returned back to some of those protocols um, that we had, they had to deal with. Um, are they exactly the same as they were back when it was an extreme situation? Yeah, it's pretty much exactly what it was last year, um, which was hard on guys, you know, and you mentioned the league feels like every anecdote they're getting and all the evidence they're getting from doctors, and these players, because they're all vaccinated and many of them are boosted. Um, the most is mild symptoms. Guys are not 
feeling it as much as we saw in some of the outbreaks last year. And that's one of the reasons why the league is pretty hellbent on saying we don't need a pause. We can play through this. Um, but of course, the big question now on everyone's mind is how does this affect the Olympics? And Linda, as long as we have this many postponements, the league still doesn't feel like it needs that three week break. But more and more, as I talk to people, this is a scenario I see playing out. The league has to take the three week break no matter what, because all of these buildings went and booked concerts and events because they were like, oh, I'm sorry, league. Like we need those sure revenue. Yeah. We just get high Boston and the rodeos, some places and all these world tours. And the players who want to go to the Olympics will go because they have that in their contract and the NHL agreed to it. And the players who don't want to go will probably stay home. So that's something I really see as a possibility, as long as the league doesn't say, hey, we need this three week break to try to make up some games, however many we can. Yeah, we spoke about that in the last podcast, because that's what I was thinking, that these arenas would schedule other things. But of the people that you talk with, your sources, since we last got together on this podcast, Emily, do you feel now there could be a trend now that these players have gotten all the information regarding a potential five-week quarantine in Beijing if tested positive? Any kind of, uh, you know, info, intel that you've gotten since we last got together? You know, they got information and that's what the NHLPA is informing them on, but they still don't have all the information. Like when you hear that five-week quarantine, that's nowhere in the handbook. That's just the NHLPA saying, this is the worst case scenario based off Chinese law and you need to prepare for it. Um, another thing that's really getting to guys is, okay, if you test positive, not only are you there for a couple of weeks at the discretion of Chinese government, you're not helping your team, but there's a possibility they won't get paid because they didn't oh. get COVID insurance. All they have, I know. All they have is this $5 million fund that the IIHF allotted. And that's going to dry up real quick if like four, five, six guys stay there um, because that includes their quarantines, their planes back, plus their payment, so um, their salaries. So I really feel like we're going to have a situation where the constituents are split. Some guys are still hell-bent on going. Maybe it's the Russians and Americans. Maybe some of the Swedes and Canadians are like a little more timid about it. And um, the PA is going to have to support all of its players and whatever they choose to do. Yeah, I've I've noticed like uh, when I watch Vancouver with Bruce Boudreaux, and we'll get to him in a sec. Bruce, there it is. I brought that up in the last podcast. And it's flying right now that he's 5-0 behind the bench for the Canucks. But I was noticing he was wearing a mask for a while. We didn't see the coaches. They took off their masks. So now I'm thinking we're seeing more and more due to those protocols. Again, we're seeing coaches wear the mask as well while on the bench. Um, you know, I'll be between the benches this Friday uh, as the Ducks, my favorite team. Of course, they play host to Arizona. But I got to be honest with you, Emily. I feel like I'm like have to be near my phone or near social media because the way it's going right now in this, you know, this sad trend that we're dealing with these players testing positive on different teams. I'm like, Oh my God, after what happened to you, I'm like, my God, I hope this game takes place. Not that there's anything I'm not jinxing either of those teams, Arizona or Anaheim, but that's what got into my mind first and foremost. I know it really feels like those vibes we were getting in March, 2020 when everything was just happening so fast. Right. Um, Yeah. And that day I had in Minnesota, like I'm sitting there morning skates, everything's normal. I get to have a chat with Bill Guerin. I'd never met him by the way. And so I just like, Hey, I'm in town. Can we meet for 10 minutes? So impressive. Firstly, Linda, just like as a side, and we're going to get off the COVID stuff. Cause let's actually talk about hockey, yeah. but he did what I love what men do, which is gave me a firm handshake. And I said, I hate when men give me the dead fish. And he's like, 
Of course you would. I have daughters. I'm teaching them. They want to be hand shook like men shake. And I was like, Bill Guerin, you get it. So <laughs> automatic, great impression there. Um, I love talking to them though about his team. And this is why I was so excited by this game. He's pumped about them. He thinks that they can win a Stanley cup as they are. And I love the way he described them. He says, we've got character and we've got characters. And he really feels like he picked the personalities for that team to jive. And he says, this is a team I would want to play on. And oh, I was just so excited to see him at ice level. Joel Erickson Eck is someone I wanted to see because he seems like he's always getting under people's skins, but doesn't know why. It's just the way he plays. He's like, what? Oh, me. Uh, I wanted to see, you know, the way Kukurel Kaprizov looks up close, obviously. Um, there's so much I want to see. And Jonas Burdeen, who he really believes is the most underrated defenseman in the league. There's only four defensemen in the league that Bill Guerin's like, yeah, I would trade him one for one for Jonas Burdeen. That's how high he thinks of him. Wow. Amazing. Well, right now they're in a bit of a skid. Maybe by the time people are listening to this, uh, they will break that skid, but they've lost two in a row. But, you know, nobody's perfect, as we know. Uh, you know, a couple of things, as long as we're talking about stuff regarding. Um, we're talking about stuff all the time. We are what talking about stuff. I'm like, I'm like this. Just I was like thinking as I was saying this, Emily, like which team can I, you know, give a shout out to? Uh, you know, I want to bring out like the Tampa Bay Lightning. Um, they're just going about their business. Who cares? They don't have Braden Point. They haven't had him. They're not going to get him back for weeks. They're still like on this incredible run. I mean, they not only Braden Point, Kucherov. Yeah. Exactly. I, I'm getting used to a Lightning team without Kucherov during the regular <laughs> season. So forgive me. Uh, but without Braden Point, who you know knows where the net is at all times. So uh, they just go about their business. John Cooper just does such a great job. He's just like. You know, I'm not, I'm not, I'm just, you know, Coop would love this, but I'm kind of comparing him to Bill Belichick because, you know, these are just coaches that just do their thing and we just expect them to keep the glue together and figure it out and be great. You know, it's like when we, when, when great players, like the Tom Brady's, nobody's talking about him except me for MVP because they want someone else to be a league MVP. Well, guess what? Tom Brady is the league MVP. Start talking about him. But that's how I feel about guys that just, whether it's a coach or player, any sport, goes about just doing their job. We got, we just get used to it. So the Tampa Bay lightning, you know, I would not be shocked if they're back in the Stanley cup final. I know I'm looking way far ahead, but they're in great position. We know the top three teams in the Atlantic, they're going to stay there different order, same order that it is now, Toronto, Florida, Tampa, Tampa, Florida, Toronto. It just doesn't matter. Sorry, Detroit. Nice run. Good improvement this year, but those are going to be the three teams, the top three teams in the Atlantic. And I just love watching all those three teams play. And it was a great statement game for whatever it's worth. I'm not big on statement games in December. As you know, we've talked about it here on the podcast. But what Austin Matthews did against Connor McDavid and the Edmonton Oilers the other night, two goals, set the tone with the first goal in that game. And, you know, they obviously have better goaltending than Edmonton. It just, again, I re go back and flash back. I can't get off this train where I don't know why Ken Holland is not thinking about improving their goalie. If you're depending on a 40-year-old goalie, Mike Smith, to come back or whatever, how old he is, the guy is supposed to be day-to-day, -day, turns into week-to-week, -week, turns into month-to-month, -month, and he's your savior? I mean, Marc-Andre Fleury, are your ears you know, ringing? Because I'm telling you, Ken Holland, you got to go out and get a goaltender if you're serious. But right now, the Oilers have other problems, Emily. I, I really thought this little bit of a hiccup wouldn't be dragging on. Because now it's not a little bit of a pothole or a hiccup. They're just not consistent. And when Connor uh, and Drysaddle don't do anything, you know, they they look lost and they don't score goals and they lose. Do you know who's a player I'd love to see on that team? 
And I think there's a chance he could, I don't know. I think he would add a lot of grit, a Brendan Gallagher type. I want to see mm-hmm. someone like that in that middle six. And look, I know they're going to be active at free agency. I don't know if they're going to look for forwards as their top priority. I would be shocked if they don't get a goaltender. I think that yeah. would be whole malpractice by Ken Holland. You should have gotten one this off season. That's fine. There's going to be plenty available. Get a guy now. I know they're also looking at a left shot defense. So we'll see what happens there. Yeah. Give me so much to unpack though. Austin Matthews is on a heater right now. He, he looks unstoppable. I think it's like six goals in his last five games. I love the people who are tracking by the way, like Austin Matthews versus like the entire Arizona Coyotes team or like, right. Because, because he's from Arizona, of course. Yeah. yeah, of course he's there and they're not scoring a ton of goals, but I still think that game that you have is going to be interesting against the Ducks because I don't know, the Ducks are just so fun to watch these days. Another thing you mentioned, though, I just you were talking about the Bill Belichickian type coaches in the league. Yes. Get guys to plug in and do their job. And I love that comparison. And I really do think Coop is that, too. Another guy that never gets love and just has dealt with so much adversity for the last couple of years is Mike Sullivan. And I really feel like Pittsburgh Penguins, it's just, it's so cliche, but it really is that next man up mentality. And like, you see it this year with like a guy like Evan Rodriguez, all of a sudden, like, oop, gets to play with Sidney Crosby, looks amazing. Um, And so, I don't know, I think he should be getting a little bit more love too, because what they've done without Sid to begin the year, without Gino now, um, now without Gensel, it's pretty impressive. Yeah, that's a great example. He doesn't get credit. I mean, all the guy does is win Stanley Cups. And by the way, the Penguins have won five in a row as we speak, Emily. So, so I finally picked a hot team. <laughs> yeah, no, that no, that's really that's really good. And then you have you mentioned, of course, Austin Matthews, and he's on a goal scoring streak and just being a great leader that he is for that Maple Leafs team. And maybe we've talked about it in the past here. You know, maybe this will be the time when finally he does something, they do something in the postseason. But we have plenty of time to talk about that. I want to talk about Max Pacioretty. Max Pacioretty Ooh. is on a goal-scoring streak, right? Ten goals in a seven-game uh, streak. That's the longest in Vegas Golden Knights history. I know that's not a long history, everybody. But still, uh, we love Max Pacioretty. I love Patches. He's a great human. Did a story about him years ago about being an cap- American captain in Montreal. But he loves Vegas. He's healthy, thank God, as I walk, knock on wood. And it's just see, it's just great to see him do what he does best put the puck in the net. And uh, I know we've talked about when Jack Eichel ever comes back, uh, uh, joins the team for the first Whenever time. Whenever Jack Eichel pops up into our existence again. I know every time we, because every time we mention Vegas, uh, we have to bring up Jack Eichel because we'd be remiss, but Oh, by the way, Chandler Stevenson, again, continues to say, We're not so fast. Do not take me off this line with Max Pacioretty and Mark Stone. Okay. Cause he's Can't really contributing. The podcast all-star team. The guy yes. that's mentioned the most by Linda. Strider, <laughs> number one star. Chandler Stevenson, number two star. I do. I love you're right. You're right. You know, and I'm duck as a team, number two. As a star. team. Absolutely. Absolutely. Oh. Absolutely. It's so great. And yes, so as long as we're bringing the ducks, Trevor Zegris, he actually scored. You know, I heard Rick Tockett, who I respect on TNT yesterday. You know, he didn't go on a full out torts on Zegris and Milano with a goal. And of course, anyone wants to hear uh, those two, they were on our In the Crease podcast, which was great, had fun a week ago. But, um, you know, Takat like threw in a little, uh, you know, what do they call it? Little, what do they call that, Emily? Just kind of like a nudge. Yeah, uh, yeah sure. like, you know, like onto Trevor Zegris about, you know, he wasn't talking to him, but he was telling the guys, including Henrik Lundqvist, who of course was spectacular, uh, in between periods on TNT. But, Tockett was saying 
say, well, you know, yeah, yeah, he could do those things. But remember, he, you know, he's, he's he had five goals and he was a minus eight this year. <laughs> like he gave him a pot shot like Trevor Zegers. How dare you knock our favorite 20 year old? Come on. But, you know, he did score his sixth goal, I believe, last night in a four to one win. And, uh, you know, there's something about some of these old school coaches, but I was surprised Tockett, you know, a guy played in the league, respected one of the all time great players really in the National Hockey League. Come on, don't give a pot shot to Trevor Zegers. He is not only the future, he is the present. And again, um, yeah, I do speak about Trevor Zegers and the Ducks a lot. I love the term pot shot. I'm totally stealing it. <laughs> okay. okay. Another thing on TNT, I was watching it on Wednesday night and Henrik Lundqvist, they were asking him about Alex Ovechkin and what made his shot so good. And he was describing it. It was just like, it's just so powerful and so unique. And then the word that Henrik Lundqvist used, which I think just describes Ovi so well right now is determined. And Mm. you can see Ovi is locked in right now on this run and he's so dialed in. And like, I saw it in that game that I was between the benches against Pittsburgh. where like Daniel Sprong first goal allowed Ovi gets on the ice and just MFs him because it's like, I demand better. I literally want everyone to rise to my level because I want to win and I want to break these records. And he knows that this time is now, and you just see it in everything he's doing right now. The fact that he is averaging so many assists, the fact that he is still scoring at a ridiculous pace and just lifting everyone up around him. You could so see, especially via that TikTok viral video he did with Nicholas Backstrom. He's excited that his buddy's back. And I just think that if you're not watching Alex Ovechkin right now, you're doing a disservice to hockey because we are seeing one of the transcendent stars in our game at such a special time in his career. And it's just a treat to watch. Absolutely. And for those who don't know, Wednesday, he tied the NHL record that was held with Dave Andrichuk for the most power play goals in NHL history. So right now he's tied with the great hall of famer, Dave Andrichuk. That will be broken very soon. They still lost the game to your Chicago Blackhawks. They're not yours. Emily. They're not my life. You happen to live there. I know, but I like to say that. Uh, but so Washington still has some holes, even though they're right up there with the Rangers for first in the Metropolitan Division and look out for the Penguins, of course, they're coming up strong. But um, I still think Washington has some holes. So yeah, Ovi's determined, great. But there's a lot of holes on that team right now that they got to get their act together quickly. They haven't had Backstrom this whole season. And then all of a sudden you get Nick Backstrom back. That's pretty nice. And they've had a lot of... And then they lost. And then they lose. However, I'm high on them. I like a lot of these kids that they've inserted into the lineups. Like, I don't think they expected, like, Alexei Protoss to be a big part of this team. Holy cow, that kid is big. His reach. He... I asked Peter Laviolette when we were in D.C. what his ceiling was. And he's like, that's a top six player in this uh, top six forward top six player. Yeah. good um and martin Faravari. um i just fell in love with that kid's story as a defenseman playing with john carlson the top pairing so there's a lot to get excited about for caps fans um the one other thing i was just going to say about ovi is i just feel like anytime we talk about him still as a hockey culture there's still just a ting of xenophobia and it's just always an asterisk and it's it does feel like because he's russian and i saw that article in the score which is a canadian outlet that's like well, the reason that Alex Ovechkin is going to break the record is because of all of over his time goals. And it's like, why is it always something? He plays by the rules of the game that he was given. Again, can I bring Tom Brady back into this podcast? It's the haters yeah. out there. I mean, for goodness sake, that every time Tom Brady breaks another record, there's some like, oh, well, you know, the rules have changed or blah, blah, blah. I didn't hear that with anything about Aaron Rodgers or Drew Brees. I mean, stop already. Haters will hate. What does that Taylor Swift sings? You know, come on, you know these things. There's so uh, many haters good. are going to hate. You know, 
I, anyway, my favorite Taylor Swift lyric that I quote all the time. And I actually think it was a quote she said in an interview. I love Taylor Swift. So anything you can say right love now this. will not, you know, deter it's me. Special place in hell for women who are mean to other women. It's a tenant. It's something I believe in. Yeah. And that had nothing to do with your favorite movie, Mean Girls. That that is just all original Taylor my Swift movie Mean Girls that I watch when before I'm not watching my favorite TV. See how I pay Black attention. Ops. That's yes. right. See how I, I pay attention to what you say, important. Emily. <laughs> no, I did use that quote though to someone this week because I met Abby Labar. She's a fantastic young rising star with the Carolina Hurricanes. I got to meet her the Wednesday, Tuesday morning. Um, you know, there's a couple of things I got to do before the game happened, which I was happy about and see some people face to face. Um, anyway. I, I got to start doing that. That's so great. I got to start. You're very good at that. I got to start getting out of the bubble, my own bubble that I just built around at times. When I get out, see, when I get out and go to games, I am very social. I am there for morning skate. I do talk to everybody. But uh, yeah, that's a good thing. That is good that you do that. You actually go have a coffee, have a meal, have something with these people. Very good out of you, Emily. Thank you. I try. And you know what's weird? Like Ian Cole is a player. I think we met on the phone in the pandemic, I, you know, talked to him a bunch. I never met him in person. And then I get to go and see him in person. And then 10 minutes after we talk face to face, he tests positive for COVID as he gets stuck in St. Paul. No wonder you got the booster. My no God. Got the booster. <laughs> I mean, that all right, maybe, maybe you should pull back a little from this uh, player contact. All right, Emily, I'm concerned now with you. I mean, either that or who knows, but, um, one more thing, um, and I know you'll agree with me because I think I pumped them up last podcast, Roman Yossi and the National Predators. I mean, we all, again, yes, I talk about the surprise team, the Anaheim Ducks, but the National Predators are up there right behind them in surprises no about them. that we, right, that we did not see coming. Nobody saw it coming. I mean, we could talk all in all. I mentioned Tampa Bay. I mentioned Colorado, but we know the cream rises to the top. We knew these great teams, these highly skilled teams with great rosters would figure it out and uh, overcome adversity. And we see that with the Avalanche. We have seen they can win games, blowouts, scoring seven goals a game or color or, or scoring like winning one goal games three to two. But Nashville, Nashville, can can any human name uh, players names on Nashville other than Matthew Shane and Roman Yossi? Well, maybe they can. Philip Forsberg, Ron Johansson, not- and UC Soros. But after that, after you name those five guys, nobody can name anybody on that team. Seriously. Except, okay, your, except you, Philip Emily. Forsberg. I hope yes, they know. I said five. I said five. I put Forsberg, Johansson, Duchesne. Soros, Duchesne, and Yossi. Oh, that's Eccles the five. Hopefully they know Eckholm. Hopefully they do, because he's been but there that's for a it. while. But that's it. And they're doing it. And who's scoring these goals? You know, I mean, I, ha- I had to always look twice. And I, one of these guys, I have to see the pronunciation because I'm not going to even attempt to say his name, but he's having a great year. He knows who I'm talking. He knows who I'm referring to him. You know who you are. <laughs> and his teammates do. Anyway, I just want to give a shout out to Nashville because great. So as we speak tonight, which is Thursday, um, it's going to be great because Colorado, I brought them up because they play Nashville. And it's going to be a great showdown of two teams looking to win or they're six straight. They're on great winning streaks right now. And I love that. I mean, I think there's a promo on all of our uh, NHL put out this great little promo that sneaks in during, you know, our games on ESPN plus and ESPN and on TNT games. And it's like something about uh, there's nothing regular about the regular season. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And, you know, we always see the McDavid um, goal through the Rangers. They have to put that Zegers Milano goal in that promo as well. But this is what I'm talking about. There's nothing regular about this regular season because 
you know, we didn't think Nashville and Colorado that would be, this is a big central division matchup. Two of the hottest teams in the central division, hotter than your Minnesota wild. Okay. They can be my Minnesota wild. Now I have them up enough. They deserve it. Oh, that's all I got, Emily. Okay. You're between the benches Friday ducks. Yost. I'll be tuned in. What else you got this weekend before I see you next? I have in the crease tonight, the greatest hockey highlight show that you can find when the games are over every night on ESPN plus, and then I'm taking a few days off until next week. Love that for you. Thank you. Um, I'll you? be on today, Thursday, December 16th. They got around the horn Friday. I love Friday around the horns, by the way, it's just always a loose energy. Monica McNutt, another girl who I've adopted into my Emily Kaplan inner circle. I'd like to thank Love her energy. She's the best. So she'll be on. That's, with a, me. that's a big inner circle. That is like exploding. Circle. I don't think it's inner. <laughs> <laughs> my outer, she's in my outer circle. Okay. Want to make sure. Then, uh, no, I'm uh, taking it easy until Tuesday. I've got my next between the benches. We'll talk before then, but I'll be in Philadelphia to see is Carter Hart the real deal? Can the Philadelphia Flyers save their season against? My Washington Capitals, apparently. Your Washington Capitals. And by the way, the Flyers also putting it together under Mike Yo had a couple of hiccups. As soon as he got behind the bench, he did not pull off a Bruce Boudreaux, lost a couple, but now they haven't uh, lost yet. So the Flyers, hopefully for your sake, uh, they will be uh, keeping uh, that winning streak going by the time you're between the benches to see them. But they are playing better, which is good. Yeah. Just want good games. Yeah. All right. Okay. Thanks, Emily. Thanks, everybody, for listening. Hi. Okay, before we let you go, we want you all to go please check out Swagoo and Perk, a new ESPN podcast led by its namesake host, former NFL veteran and analyst Marcus Spears, he's Swagoo, and NBA champion and analyst Kendrick Perkins, Perk, with new episodes every Tuesday morning. Spears and Perkins will bring listeners the latest NBA and NFL news, as well as a look inside their lives, career journey with can't-miss conversations, and welcome in top sports and celebrity guests. That's Swagoo and Perk. Listen wherever you get your podcasts.